Welcome everyone to your ongoing journey or leap into a new world of opportunity. Inside Japan podcast is a stepping stone for your next adventure. It is a show built with informative interviews, perspectives on local life, and how you can master your path into the unknown. For today, kick back and listen to the wisdom of our host, James. James here coming to you with episode number 89 of the Inside Japan podcast brought to you by the best place to find jobs online in Japan, jobsinjapan.com. <clears throat> I want to say that extra loudly this time because my guest today mentions a different job searching website, which is also good, but you know, we prefer jobsinjapan.com here for sure. So go check it out. It's the best place to find a job online, bar none. Folks, this week I got a great guest, returning guest. I say returning guest, but it's been a long time since he's been on, so I don't think you uh, will be hearing any repeated information for sure, because a lot has changed in his career, and you got a lot of respect for this guy, for Jake here, because he's one of the people that just never stops working, you know, he never stops trying to improve his standing in life, in his career, his life has changed a lot in his time in Japan, but he's just working harder to make it better for everyone involved, so uh, nothing else to say here. The, the title of the episode will tell you enough to hopefully get you hooked. But uh, yeah, enjoy my talk with Jake Knowlton here, current or just about to be vice principal. Enjoy. All right, guys, very special guest today. His name is Jake, and he was actually on the show a long time ago. Jake, I want to ask you. When do you think? When do you think you were last on the show here? Must I get uh, three, three and a half years ago? It was published on August twelfth of two thousand sixteen. Was your first episode? So yeah, I think you're right. Just about three years on episode number seventy, which is many hundreds of episodes ago. So yeah, wow. Jake, how you feeling? You are you are a lot has changed in your life since then. I think we're gonna cover that. But the biggest ones are. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Uh, married kid. <laughs> new job stuff right <laughs> yeah that you basically covered the three big ones yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah obviously on the show we're interested in the job stuff more than well marriage is great too of course <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah the show is more about working in japan so uh yeah so i guess a quick refresher you told me if i'm wrong again i did listen to the last show to make sure but you started your job and your your career in japan as a akaiwa teacher right yes that's true yeah peppy is it okay to say company names or? oh damn right let it go let it fly <laughs> So, yeah, I worked for uh, Peppy Kids Club for two and a half years in Gunma. Yeah, that's how I got started. And assuming, uh, just looking back now, you can say good experience, bad experience. Any words about Peppy's Kids Club? Uh, you know, actually, uh, after leaving Peppy Kids Club, I had a lot of maybe more negative things to say. Um, but as time has gone on, you know, I'm, I'm actually a lot more positive on the experience um time has given me time to think and you know teacher training was very good uh, a lot of time to grow and improve by yourself uh, sometimes that self time was lonely if that makes sense but uh yeah it, it taught me a lot about teaching um of course there's some company stuff that's not great but as a teacher um, I definitely feel like there was a lot of positives to take away from working there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then what was your next step after you getting out of the Peppy Kids Club? So yeah, I moved to Tokyo and I found a company that's based uh, just outside of Tokyo um, called uh, Kogaksha. 
Um, to be honest, it's probably not that famous amongst um, foreign people living in Japan. Like only maybe a couple of hundred of people in the last 15 years of works there. It's quite small. Their English teaching division is much smaller. Uh, but my job was to go to many different kindergartens and preschools, yochiens and hoikoens, and just give English lessons, basically. Was that like the, you got to, are you the token foreigner just doing the basic, like, hi, my name is lessons, or we had to go more d- deeper than that? Uh, so uh, the schools all had different requests. Um, some of it was you would literally jump into a classroom and give short, energetic you know, Genki, as they love to say for teachers here, but uh, basically singing, dancing lessons. Uh, but then some schools would prefer a little more living in English style. Like it, it, it was good to have all these different kinds of lessons, but many different schools asking for different kinds of lessons, a uh, bit of a challenge as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Okay, that job you found just on, on online or whatever, like finding a job in Tokyo, is that difficult or what? So yeah, I I found the job on Gaijinpod. Yeah, it was um, it was just there. I think it's I think they're always hiring. So uh, yeah, on Gaijinpod, that's how I found it. Cool, cool. Okay. So then, uh, what's is that where you still are? I mean, I know you're doing something different now, but what happened next after that? So I I stayed there for three full years. Um, the salary is much higher than like a, a basic a kaiwa. Um, it's around two eighty. Um, which is not bad considering how easy the job was. Um, it was a very fun job to do, but I had to go to 10 different schools a week. And the morning to afternoon transition was sometimes quite tiring. Um, but if you're young, especially if you're young because of the energetic stuff, it's definitely, <laughs> a, it's definitely a, a good job to do um, if you're happy to always be doing the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because you're not you're not going through a textbook, right? You're just like, hey, do this today. Yeah, it's basically you pick a few flashcards out, pick a couple of questions, pick a couple of songs, and it's just bam, bam, bang. You teach maybe six classes in the morning, and you'll be teaching the same lesson six times in a row, which <laughs> is good because it it just goes really smooth after the first lesson. But then it's kind of like clockwork, and it becomes it comes a bit like dull like you're like oh my god i'm doing this again and again and again oh yeah any alt will know that's feeling like yeah. you gotta do the same you're doing the same lesson every day and like you first like you get like the third one or fourth one you're like in a roll but then it gets like a fifth and sixth you're like all right, i just want to be done <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> and, and the, thing, the interesting thing is that most akaiwas prevent you from using a watch because one Ten, teachers tend to look at the watch too much um, and two it's quite dangerous obviously if you accidentally hit a kid with it but I just found myself because I taught the same lesson six times I was like timing each section like I can nail this song in 25 seconds or I can nail this activity in three minutes and 30 every single time it, it became a weird challenge for myself <laughs> okay so you become basically you know matrix level teacher of that style but obviously it wasn't enough so what would you do next so yeah um a part of what I did at Kogaksha was Kogaksha opened its own Ninka Hoikoen and just in case anybody doesn't know, um, listening, that Aninka Hoikon is a licensed to nursery school, um, which Japan is obviously trying to push as much as possible now. Um, so my company, Kogaksha, opened their own. 
and I was the teacher responsible for visiting there. Um, and obviously, I'd visited other hoikoens during my time there, but this was the first time I'd spent an extended period of time there because it was part of my company. So I could go there for half a day or a full day, and I got to experience that kind of stuff. And I became more interested in the childcare side of thing, things because I'd been teaching English for a long time. Like I've been teaching English since I was nineteen, even back in England. So I became interested in the childcare kind of stuff. So I found I, I looked online to see if there was any childcare work for people in Japan. And there's a lot of international schools or a lot of normal. Daycare schools that are looking for English teachers, but I managed to find a company that the foreign teacher can go to a licensed school and also take part in the childcare stuff, as well as the English stuff. But the main is to take care of childcare stuff. And as you mentioned, I have a child, so it's、uh, something I've become quite interested in. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, so I've had a lot of people on the show that did the kindergarten thing, you know, and it's,、yeah. it's kind of just—it's—it seems like a great job. You pay pretty well to do it, and it's—it's it's not as like、uh, not salesy as a Kaiwa traditional Kaiwa for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially because it's a licensed school. The students are selected by the city office, so there's like zero sales involved. Like, I—I don't have a hand in any of that, and I was quickly promoted to a manager in my company now. Um, which is mostly Japanese staff, and that's where the fun has begun. <laughs> yeah, so I want to know about that. So, first of all, you said about the childcare kind of stuff. So, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean you're doing like,、uh, what does that mean exactly? Just tell me, because what is, is it different than what is it, how is it different than teaching? I guess. So basically, during the week, I'll do very little teaching. So my my school is zero years old to six years old, and depending on the class that I'm in on a specific day. Um, if I'm with the babies, there's obviously a lot of holding. There's a lot of rocking them to sleep, changing nappies, helping them feed from a bottle, or if they've begun eating solids, then helping them with that.、Um, there's a lot of、um, things around hatatsu, which means child uh, development, uh, specifically in this、uh, child development. So we've got to really put a focus on. How to help them learn how to talk, how to hold things, how to move their hands—just、um, stuff that's not about just learning English. Obviously, we do teach English there, but it's about helping them hold a pencil, how to communicate each other in both good Japanese and English.、Um, I don't really know the translation for ten ten in Hongo, but. Like correct Japanese, I would, I guess you would say,、uh, how to eat properly, making sure they eat well, stuff like that. Yeah, interesting. So th- is this a job that you could get off the street? I'm assuming you have like you have the let's say you went to college, you have the degree and stuff. Can you get that job from the start, or are you able to do that because you worked at the same company before? So I guess anybody can do it,、um, but my advice would be. Not everybody can do it, <laughs>、uh, as you mentioned. Like the pay can be much better, and of course that would attract people to the job. But you have to really consider that you have to take care of children. You're changing nappies. You cannot shout. You cannot get angry because 
it's not um, that's not appropriate for children. It takes a lot of patience um, and stuff like that. Yeah. So you ever go out the back and just you know punch the wall or something? Get that frustration, I guess. I, to be honest, like I I feel like since I've started this job, I've been much much calmer because. I've had to find ways to take care of kids using English. And one of the problems that I've noticed other teachers have had is a lot of teachers try to switch to Japanese because it's easier. Um, by that, I mean foreign teachers. Um, but trying to find ways to take care of problems or take care of kids has really helped me grow as a teacher. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's always, you know, that is a common thing is when things get tough, well, I just use my Japanese. Like, oh, kids don't understand this game. I don't yeah. explain in Japanese. You know, that's not really, that's not what a good teacher is supposed to do. It's not what, in most positions, not what you're there for. Uh, so in your position, yeah. though, is there other, are you with other Japanese teachers? Is it just a foreign position or how does that work? So my position specifically is for Japanese stuff. But because I can speak Japanese and I've lived in Japan a while, they let me try, and it turned out pretty well. So, for example, my school, we have 25 members of staff, and only two of us are foreign. The other 23 are Japanese. Uh, but then I became the manager for the Japanese staff because um, it is an international school, and one thing they wanted to try with me was one problem with in Japanese society, I guess it's with younger people or people who have lived abroad. It's not so much a problem, but communication is quite hard, as you probably noticed. And many people listening to this have probably noticed uh, between Japanese people, maybe maybe boss to their staff, like if a member of staff wants to talk to their boss maybe sometimes building up the confidence to speak to them or give an opinion can be quite tough. So with me being there, I'm very open and I will talk to them first um, and try and encourage them to speak up. And it's actually turned out pretty well, like um, opening people up to communicate, not just about work, but anything they're feeling and stuff like that, how we can make the working conditions better for them. Uh, for example, we had a pregnant member of staff and helping the company, because the company is still quite new, how to deal with that. Um, I was more aggressive in making sure the working conditions for pregnant staff is better and stuff like that. Interesting. Okay, so you got this management position. So is this like something you had they just gave it to you like all right you're doing a good job jake you're you're getting a management position or do you like apply for it and stuff like that so i was initially hired with the idea that i could be a manager depending on how i do and yeah after after a few months after seeing how if i was able to take charge basically i was with everyone at first and then because this was a brand new school, if I by myself took the charge and maybe helped other staff work out things such as how to take their lunch breaks at proper times, because it's not set lessons, it's day-to-day -day stuff. So you take your break at this time, you take your break at this time, or if a child is going wild, like how can we help that child? I, uh, they kind of waited to see if I was able to 
step up and be like confident about my work before they offered it to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know I saw on your social media. You guys should follow him there at uh, Jake Nolton, I think. Let me check. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, I think my yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter Jake Nolton. Yeah, I'll put the link in the ALT Insider dot com scores. But you, I know you went through some period where you were getting like crazy, like certification and stuff like that. Can you talk to us about any of that? Yeah, so actually, uh, I, I just before you called, I was in the middle of writing a report. So currently, I'm studying for the Hoichishikaku which is the qualification to become a licensed teacher. Um, so a licensed nursery school, daycare school in Japan needs to have a specific number of licensed staff. Uh, for example, if the class is full of zero-year-olds, for every three zero-year-olds, you need to have one teacher. Or six one-year-olds, you need to have one teacher. Uh, 15 three-year-olds, etc. Um, you need to have a specific number of staff. Um, so I'm currently studying to get that license. Um, no, I don't, because obviously my position now and what we will talk about soon, I don't need it per se, but just so I can learn more about the Japanese way of doing things. Like, of course, I can come in with my my England thinking like, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong. And during my time in Japan, I've had to learn that, you know, maybe if I think something's not how I would do it, this is Japan. And I need to learn how they do it so I can work smoothly here. But also maybe if there's something that does work better, I can help out with that too. Um, But yeah, to get this license, which includes like child psychology, child development, nutrition and stuff like that. Um, so if I can learn all of this in Japanese, the Japan, the Japanese way, get the Japanese license, I can help other foreign teachers in the future learn how Japanese daycare works um, and maybe help out with that. And the other one I'm doing is something called the Kosodate Shien in Kenshu, which is basically like um it's like a step down from the licensed Japanese teacher thing. Whereas I had to take a six-week course, which included basically what I mentioned before about child development, but on a more basic level. Um, and I have to go to other schools and watch how they do things. I have to write reports, do first aid training and stuff like that. And once I get this qualification... Um, I will count as a licensed teacher if paired with another licensed teacher. Damn. So, yeah, you're going deep in this world. Like, this is like, is it is really just about career development? Are you really into it? I mean, what's got is a combination of those two things? I mean, what's kind of the, how far yeah. can you take this, I guess? You know, so it is, it is about career development, but it's also about making sure that I know what I'm doing when I'm working. Because, of course, I can I can go into the classroom, I can change some nappies, I can tell a kid, you know, hold your fork like this. Or, um, But when you want to get really deep into it, um, with the Japanese hoiko and the daycare, they have so many ideologies, I guess, about how to help them grow, um, how to help kids think freely, how to help them communicate with each other. And if I really want to help children do that, I have to really understand the study behind it. And also having my own child now has helped helps me become more interested in it as I'm watching her grow up and as I'm reading the textbooks and I'm seeing like, 
at nine months they do this and this is what they start doing and this is what changes i'm kind of like oh yeah like like it's it's quite interesting now <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah perfect timing for you i mean that's crazy exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got i guess the next question is how about your hours and stuff i mean you, you do a lot of extra stuff i know it's always a good idea to you know take this course and stuff like that but that takes a lot of time i mean what's your daylight look like uh, time wise so my usual working hours are eight till five and this course that i'm doing right now is during my working time I've been very lucky that my company paid for it and let me go every Monday to this course. Uh, tomorrow I have my Jishu, which is like I have to go to a school and watch and my company pay me to do that. So in that regard, I've been very, very lucky. Um, the studying for the license usually comes after my baby sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm not really stretching myself too thin. I've, I've been very lucky that my company has seen my interest in this stuff and let me do it during working hours and also pay me for it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you got a great position there. Uh, you know, and you found a good company. So this again, this was just from you, you kind of got, not like say you lucked into it, but you just found a great company like that had this opportunity for you. Is that the best way to say it? I mean, it was a network, yeah, you know, like um, I found again, I found this company on Gaijin Pod. I, I don't want to say the company's name because I do work there now, but you know, some people might find the company and meet me there. Um, but I was very lucky. Um, the guy, the, the, the other great thing about this company, it's very new. Um, but the, one of the HR members is from America and he's a great guy. He, as soon as I called, as soon as he called me on the phone about an interview, he was super nice. He was super encouraging. He's always checking in on me at work just to make sure I'm doing okay. Uh, I think it definitely helped out to have, um, all a great company, but also having a great in, well, I'm, he's from America, but somebody who I can relate to there to help me out. Cool. Yeah. And I guess I, you know, I saw your Instagram post is about the vice principal things. I want to definitely want to talk about that too. So what exactly does that, was that, that mean? What does that entail? Your vice principal position? Yeah. So from April, I will be stepping up another notch. Um, so it, it will, my working environment will change a little bit. Um, so right now I work for a Ninka licensed Hoigren. Um, but because obviously I don't have the license yet, and I'm not Japanese. Um, I cannot be the vice principal of a Japanese licensed school. But my company's main school is an unlicensed, or we would call Ninkagai, which basically runs the same way, except it's kind of more for profit, I guess. Instead of the money coming from the city, the money comes from parents. And because it's unlicensed, there's a lot more foreign stuff there. Um yeah, so I will be the vice principal of that school. Um, I guess I'll half and half be the principal because the current principal is the CEO. Um, so I will be swapping in and out with her depending on her schedule. But um, because we have so many foreign teachers and I have the experience with the studying of the childcare stuff, working in the licensed school, my ability to communicate with parents in Japanese, which is one of the biggest barriers the schools have because most of the staff are foreign and the parents, most of them don't speak English, to build that bridge between the two and also trying to improve the school 
generally that's kind of what i'll be doing yeah damn that's crazy i mean it's, it's really cool you got that you know you got that far and it seems there's no end in sight to where you can go i guess one thing we didn't tint on we didn't talk about it at all is your japanese level how that's improved i mean i think when we first talked you weren't even i think when you know three years a half years ago now i think you were like you said you were in three or something so obviously you improved since then where are you at now in terms of your english japanese study so yeah, but last time we talked, I just take. I think I passed the N three the year before, and I took the N two three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I failed it twice, and I passed it the third time, and then I took the N one, and I I failed, but I failed on the language knowledge. So I passed the well, I I not passed. I got the score that would have been a pass for reading and listening. But the language knowledge was a bit of a bust, and you know, to be honest, I just never went back to it. Um, I, I, I should. I feel like I should just to get it done. But then I focused towards the kanji kente. Um, I'm sure maybe some of your guests in the past have taken it before, which is just the kanji exam for usually children do it. And I passed up to level five, which is junior high school. Which, to be honest, that became quite a hobby, just uh, practicing in my lunch breaks, practicing at home, using apps on the train. Uh, but then I also started taking business Japanese lessons. Um, I haven't. There's a there's a business Japanese test which I'm planning to take in April, but I've been taking lessons online just to practice my speaking, uh, just reading books, watching TV. So in terms of tests, I've passed the end two. But my studies have carried on since then. Yeah. Not. And yeah. also, you know, you're doing and you're really using it at your job, too. I mean, that's exactly. Yeah. So I guess people listening, the few takeaways here. I mean, take biggest takeaway is you never stopped trying to improve. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for damn yeah. sure. I mean, you keep going, trying to improve every part aspect of your job and get there. I want, want to know about if people want to follow in your shoes, though. Okay, I want to work at kindergarten stuff. How yeah. important is the Japanese part? I mean, should, I know it's always... If, you know, common advice is always study as much as you can and stuff. That's for sure. But what about if you're just starting out? Can you get there with no English, uh, no Japanese at all? So as uh, as far as I've got now, to be honest, you would you will need a relatively good amount of Japanese speaking and listening at least. Not just speaking and listening, but to have a really good understanding of Japanese culture and the way that Japanese people think, because with my team it's 23 japanese people and then i have one other foreign teacher so when i'm in a meeting i have to really follow their style i have to follow their culture uh their culture japanese culture the culture in which we are living in i guess it's better yeah, to say. yeah. Um, yeah it's sometimes it, it would be easier for me to speak out and just say what i think but i have to really word my thoughts carefully so one i don't look too aggressive but two i have to make myself look like i'm really opening open to listening to what the other people have to say uh one thing that discussing with my hr team today is that whereas the japanese are very good at listening rather than speaking one thing that i've noticed is that foreign teachers are usually good at speaking but maybe not so good at the listening part when it comes to dialogue um, my, when I worked at Kogakshir, I, we, I was in a team of 10 foreign stuff and it would just become shouting matches during meetings. 
um, everyone was determined to be right. And, you know, lots of people had really good ideas, but we can't make every idea work. We have to talk around it and how do we make it work? Whereas in Japan, maybe the ideas and the conversation is a lot slower, but people are more open to listening and trying what you have to say rather than immediately shooting it down. So there's really big pluses to both sides, uh, but also like sharp negatives as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a part, uh, it's good to have a good level of Japanese, but more importantly, it's you have to be very aware of where you are and who you're talking to as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I mean, gives a good picture here for a way you can take your career that's not exactly Aikaiwa, it's not ALT at all. And there's obviously <laughs> way bigger ceiling here. I mean, your ceiling is way higher too if you get in this field of work, right? Yeah, exactly. And the ce- the ceiling's much higher and it, it, it becomes better with benefits as well in terms of with Aikaiwa as an ALT, it's, the, the aim is obviously profits, but foreign teachers usually aren't afforded for example, a seishain contract, which be which be like a full-time contracted employee, they would either be part-time, as it was at Peppy Kids Club, uh, and maybe Interac and stuff like that, um, or a Kayak Shine, which is just a renewable contract every year, um, which it's, it's nice to have the freedom to get out if you please, I guess. But with a seishain full-time contract, you've got like better pension options, you've got bonuses like japanese style bonuses and if anyone's ever heard of what a japanese bonus is <laughs> they're, they're enough to make your mouth water <laughs> it's, it's good to say. Uh, my company offers like an american style uh, is it a 201k 401k 401k yeah we have that kind of pension in my company as well which means i get two pensions basically um yeah the benefits really stack up um just this is a small difference, but since it's a daycare and I'm not teaching lessons all day, taking days off, I can just say I want this day, this day, this day off. Um, I mean, legally in Japan, you're allowed to take days off whenever you like, as long as it doesn't interfere with business. However, AKIOs and ALTs are very strict about when you take days off, usually. Uh, but I can just say, oh, next Friday sorry, I need to go to my daughter's hoikuen or, you know, next Wednesday I want to go to Disneyland. And they're like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> cool, cool, man. So I guess I get to break out of this kind of, I want to have some general question. You've been in Japan just about as long as me, if, if not a little longer. How long have you been in Japan now? Uh, six. Yesterday was six years and three months. Okay, so yeah, I'm longer than you, but still six years. So now you're in Japan six years, and you know, kind of, a, I say like over five years, kind of the veteran in Japan. So, kind of, <laughs> how has your thoughts changed on Japan since you've been here? Is this? I mean, I think now you decide to live here forever. But I mean, how about in terms of your friendships with other foreigners, friendship Japanese people? How has that stuff kind of changed over your six years? Um, you know, I've had some real up and downs. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I started off in Gunma. Um, I, I really enjoyed living there, but it is a very countryside place. It's about an, an hour and a half north of the northern part of Tokyo. Um, but I was the only foreigner in my town. And at that time, I didn't know any Japanese. It was very difficult to make friends. And it, it, it was quite hard to live there. But I did enjoy it because it was a beautiful place. I, made, I did find some good friends eventually. Um, and... It, it was nice to just have a set routine every day, go to the gym, 
study in Starbucks, go to work, come home, sleep. That was kind of nice, but obviously you want to do more. Uh, but after I moved to Tokyo, to be honest, I started to really go through that phase that I think almost every foreigner has where you start to resent being here a little bit. And to be honest, part of that came from working in a job where there was no progression, no ladder. But also I had some problems with other foreigners that really made me kind of tired of being here where I would have friends who I would help them get a job um, and then they would come to the company. My company would open an apartment and they ran away or I would lend people money and they would not give it back because they spend their money on other stuff. Um, so I kind of had personal problems that kind of just built up along with work that really made me resent living here. I think a lot of foreigners go through the, I can speak Japanese, but nobody will speak Japanese to me. <laughs> I think a lot of foreigners go through that phase. And in Gunma, and now I live in Chiba, I don't have that problem at all. Um, you know what? I, I can speak English when I like. I can speak Japanese when I like. You know, it's it's as long as I communicate, it's fine. But for some reason, being in Tokyo really made me feel agitated. I don't know if it's because it's how busy it is, how congested the trains are, how kind of rude people are. But I just kind of got worked up all the time. Uh, I think if anyone's listening to your shows ever followed me on Twitter uh, a year or two years ago, I started to really hate being on the train because I had to take a lot of trains for work. My morning and afternoon schools would be in different places and train delays would really mess with my schedule. Like I would have to be somewhere at nine because if I'm not there at nine, the school's lessons would be missed and I'd have to reschedule them. So I'd always try and be an hour early and then there would be a two hour delay on the train. Then I'd have to transfer school and then there'd be another accident and I'd have to be sat in a train station for another two hours. And that's not really Japan's fault, but that made me like really annoyed. To, and obviously, I think a lot of people's problems aren't really with Japan, but it's an easy way to just vent saying, oh, Japan is this, Japan is that, Japan is this, just because it's not the country where we are from. Yeah, and then after moving to Chiba, having a child, finding this job, um, I, I could really just get into a lifestyle again. And that's really brought me back to a good place. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I think it's a lot of a lot of the cases people feel aimless, you know, like uh, I, I found an LT job. The first three months are fun, four months or whatever. Oh, I love this new town. But then you kind of, what's next, right? And that's kind of the thing. If you don't have something that's next, people can kind of get lost in, in life and everything. You know, it's like, it's always good to have a goal you're working towards. Obviously you've had one now for a while, so it's helping out for you for sure. Yeah. You know, but I guess what about in terms of, since let's talk about family life for a second, you got married, have a kid now. How yeah. has the, how have you been keeping up with your social life outside of your family? Have you, do you still have one? I guess I should ask. I think that's something that I did not successfully is when I had a wife and got a kid and then second kid, your social life is like, see ya, you know? So I, how, how's that working for you? So, yeah. So to be honest, it's exactly as you say, it's gone. <laughs> I, I don't have one, but I was never a hugely social person in the first place. Um, I, it's probably just, a, it, may, it might even be a problem that I have, but I like to have a routine of 
Um, of course, I work at this time, take care of my child, go to the gym, make sure I have time to study. Because if I miss those things, I feel guilty and I feel like I've let myself down, which is obviously not a healthy way to always think. So <laughs> one, one way to keep myself busy is that I bought two fish tanks. <laughs> okay, I bought two fish tanks and I've given myself a hobby of like, you know, taking care of these fish or I, I teach um, a lot of lessons online. So I do a lot of speaking online. So in terms of talking to other people, I've pretty much got my uh, fill. Um, but I, I do understand that I should take more time for myself. Um, but I always feel like I've, I've got a guilt about taking a break because I feel like there's something else I should be doing. But that's not the healthiest way to think, I think. For sure. So, yeah, I saw online too. You're doing those online lessons a lot. Um, where, did you, where did you find those? Do you, I mean, are they, how, how's it working out for you, I guess? So, to be honest, it's working out very, very well. Like, um, it's a company called italki. Maybe you've heard of that and maybe people have heard of that. It's um, it, if you've got qualifications, it's a very good way to make extra money um, because you can set whatever price you like. Like I can set like 3000 yen an hour. And I've been very lucky that maybe it's because of my resume or maybe just good reviews or that. But I get about 20 lessons a week. Um, so I'm making a good basically my peppy kids club salary just in extra lessons in the evenings and on the weekends yeah and through friends and my my wife's mum strangely has introduced me to a lot of people who want extra lessons and uh doing extra work like translation and while you're here uh, well while you're here while i'm on your show <laughs> um you you introduced me to my first ever piece of translation work and from there I've managed to find a steady contract with DMM. Um, I've done translation work for NHK. I've done translation work for GG News, um, video games. So, yeah, thank you for uh, giving me that first opportunity. I know that I made a lot of mistakes, and but that really helped me out, yeah. Yeah, awesome, yeah. So the translation stuff, are you getting that uh, through online stuff or just uh, in, in, you know, networking from other people? Yeah, so of like networking is obviously a big one. From you, I found uh, the first ever. Well, you gave me the first ever piece of translation work I ever did, and then I found the website called Upwork, which is like a freelancer website, and you you upload your resume and stuff like that, and people contact you, do trials and stuff like that. And then one one day out of the blue, uh, DMM emailed me. I don't know how they found me, but. DMM found me and offered me work, and I've been doing that for a year and a half. Uh, yeah, there's there's a whole variety of ways really that I've been able to find work. There you go, there you go, guys. So there, uh, I guess uh, to kind of wrap it up, I uh, just to, to get the takeaways here again. Jake, you never stop. You never stop working. I guess it seems like that's the best way to say it. Is you never try to, you never stop working. Never stop, uh, you know, improving yourself. It's really good. A lot to take away from that. That people can learn to also find jobs like yours that doesn't have a ceiling, like so many jobs in Japan do. That you know, once you get your first step in the company, that's the end of your steps in the company, right? I mean, that's that's ninety percent of the foreign jobs in Japan. I would, I think, right? I think it's a fair yeah. number. I would say, oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, it just shows that if you put the work in. And how about when the move to Tokyo, right? Was that for a career 
wife or other reasoning? <laughs> so when I first came to Japan, so just uh, to give a bit of background into coming to Japan, I came here on an absolute whim. I, I knew nothing about Japan before I came here. Um, I studied biochemistry in university. I passed, but I was terrible at it. And a few of my housemates studied, uh, went to teach abroad. And one housemate went to China, one housemate went to Japan. And I thought, you know what, I'll give it a try. Maybe I can just get some perspective, learn a little bit about myself, and then go back to England and then figure out what I want to do. And you know what, I just picked Japan basically on, based on the fact that the, the country was smaller, it's easier access to bigger cities than it would be in China. And um, Tokyo is basically what I knew. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, so I always wanted to live there. Um, if you're thinking about coming to Japan, you always have to be careful that uh, you don't get to choose where you live, basically, for most of the jobs. And I lived in Gunma, not out of choice. I am happy I lived there, but I did always want to try living in Tokyo. And then once I lived in Tokyo, I was very, very happy to get back out of Tokyo. <laughs> 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 all right well jake i'll send everyone to obviously oh last last question i gotta ask youtube you kind of stopped doing that any thoughts on that in the horizon i saw you looked at a video not too long ago but uh it's kind of the back burner now yeah so i keep coming back and then i keep having the intention to make a video but you know in this day and age japanese i guess i don't know if anybody uses the term j vlogger anymore but you know, trying to find something interesting talk, to talk about, maybe something unique or maybe something that you think people will be interested in. It's quite hard to find something that hasn't been done before. And obviously, there are definitely things that can be done if you've got time or skills, of which I have none. <laughs> uh, my, my wife owns the camera. She frames the camera for me because every time I do it, I cut my head out. Um yeah, I've got no, so my skills are usually in my voice. Um, I don't know if that's weird to say, but um, yeah, the technical side of it, I'm terrible at. I don't know how to use a computer. I do all my work on an iPad. Um, I'm uh, I, I'm very far behind, but maybe I'm in line with the way Japanese people do things. But yeah, I, I, I do enjoy being on YouTube because there's a lot of great people there. It's just I don't know what I want to do. I tried to make a blog as well, and I just found it difficult to put my thoughts onto paper or in video. Mm, I think like the J vlogging is like at an all time low. Oh, it's probably just dead. I mean, there's nothing left to say. You know what I mean? Back in the yeah. day, it used to be so much to say. It was all interesting, but now it's just what make the, you know. Then now what people do is try to make up stuff that's interesting, but it's not even that interesting. Like the ro ten, top ten robot cafes in Japan. It's like the you know, oh, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. oh god, they scare me. But yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 changed a lot, and there are people who are making great videos, not necessarily J vlogs, but just generally great videos about being here. Um, like obviously people like Rachel and June or abroad in Japan make some good stuff that appeals to people who don't live here. Um, but in terms of J vlogging, it's pretty much gone away. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing about those channels you mentioned is they make good videos that would be good anywhere. And like, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? Japan is just like the, the, it's just extra, you know what I mean? Their videos are good just by themselves, you know, but, uh, 
All right, Jay. Yeah. I'll finally let you go. I've said it. I'm going to let you go a few times, but now I'm going to let you go. I'll send people to your Twitter <laughs> at Jake Nalton. Anywhere else you want me to send people? You know, if anyone fancies checking out my YouTube, there's there's like hundreds of videos that have detail my life over the past six or seven years. Uh, you can follow me at you me Japan. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Jake Nalton. Twitter, you me Japan YouTube. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Again, <laughs> so, sounds good. Yeah, we'll have to get you on next three years from now and see when you're well, like, you know, <laughs> in charge of 10 schools or something. But all right, man, have a good night. You too. Thank you very much. I really hope you enjoyed today's Inside Japan podcast. Dive deeper into our world and learn more about what awaits you. Check out altinsider.com. And for regular up to the minute job postings, check into jobsinjapan.com. For the next big gig, please tune in for our regular excursions into the world of Japan and good luck. Gambate! Jump in Japan.com